So good morning, David. Good morning to you, Captain. More importantly, here we are for some more cinematic chitter chatter, pitter patter. Thank you so much for being part of the random movie generator. Goodness me, David, you have to. Um, you do not have to thank me at all. I am, you know, more than happy. Thank you for creating the, the experience that I can be a part of once a week. Well, do you enjoy it? Yeah, I certainly do. I hope that comes over. I hope you don't get the vibe that I'm. Uh, I'm here very much. Sort of a man who's um, just got a responsibility to fulfil. This isn't like weeding the garden. How often do you think about the podcast during the week? Oh, regularly when I'm looking for news, recommendations. Yes, because you, you you must be like a busy little beaver in the week. Oh, yeah, yeah, gotcha. I'm always thinking, oh, that's a movie generator um, idea. Does it put stress on you? Stress on your weekly... No, not stress. It's good fun. Do you know what I mean? Because I just copy and paste it. I think, oh, yeah, I'll pop that in the old Google Drive. That'll be a good one to pop up when I do the podcast with Dave. Vid. ID. Don't forget the ID. <laughs> do you like Dave or David? I don't even notice, really. I really don't... I'm completely fine with that. Do you know what I mean? It's not verbal GBH You don't mind way. that. You... Not at all. No. Happy to go either way. Okay. Dave That's or David, said. that's quite right. And look at the trouble it put her in. Who? That that whoever this um, fictional woman is, they'll take it either way. <laughs> right. You've got to have standards, you've got to have rules. Right. So, David, um, welcome everybody to Random Movie Generator Podcast. If you yeah, like, welcome. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe. Please tell your friends. Please leave a lovely positive comment. And uh, let's set sail on the ocean waves of cinema. Absolutely. Ahoy there, my mateys. Indeed. So, David, do you, you know you go to watch a movie every Friday? Yes. Are there moments when... Are there Fridays where you're like, oh, I've got to do this again? Are you trapped in a cycle or do you look forward to your Friday evenings? No, God, no. I look forward to them. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's um, well, it's like any kind of um, anything that's about pop culture. The hype is probably better than the actual thing. I mean, I sometimes leave the auditorium, you know, covered in rice cake dust and bloody sweetie sugar, thinking, well, what, what was that about? Why was Mark Commode having some sexual reawakening over that you know steady the way i know absolutely be be respectful to the camo king the uh, absolutely the uh the aristocrat cinema but um certainly i always start with big hopes and dreams and aspirations definitely do you oh yeah definitely how far into a movie do you does your do you kind of slump what when i start to know this ain't for me this is going to be oh it's, it's quite quick you get the general tone, the style, the vibe. Well, someone wants us to play this game, so it's it's uh, no with a deep, dark voice, and it's uh, yes with a sort of a light, camp voice. Yes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the minute of the movie when you probably think you start to realise it's not for you. So see if you see if you can let us know. Minute one. So would yes be, I realise it's not for me. So. <laughs> or is no like, no, I'm not watching this anymore. No, sorry, no is, no, I'm still with it at minute one. You, you say yes when you're. Oh, okay, just making sure. Sorry, sure. Was, well, well, was no, 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 no not at all, fault. not at all. No, it's okay. not your fault. It takes two to tango. So, this, so you I'm, say yes when you feel like you're losing, you know, faith. Definitely. Minute one. No.
Minute two of the movie. No. Minute three of the movie. No. Minute four of the movie. No. It's slightly elongate the no. Yep. Yeah, that's by means. Minute five of the movie. No. Minute six of the movie. No. Minute seven of the movie. No. Minute eight of the movie. No. Minute nine of the movie. No. Minute ten of the movie. No. Minute eleven of the movie. No. Minute twelve of the movie. No. Minute thirteen of the movie. No. Minute fourteen of the movie. Yes. <laughs> wow, fourteen men's. Fourteen men's. I think you're sort of halfway through the first act. You got a general vibe, the tone and style. Do you know what I mean? I think um, you sort of know where you're going with it basically like Elvis I was like oh my god it's all like um, Babylon is it all going to be like this or is there going to be any gear change and there really wasn't I mean a lot of people like Elvis but it was just wall to wall with this almost quite 90s style MTV music editing in your face I mean Austin Butler was very good in it but it just doesn't let up it's like that all the way through and unless you're signed up for that sort of thing slagging off Elvis again absolutely <laughs> what have you ever done Edwards a crying out he kept Las Vegas entertained for years did you go to the cinema well I know you went to the cinema last night and you told me Ryan did couldn't go so did you go no I didn't <gasps> because the thing is I mean I will go to the cinema on my own but the thing is um, he'll want to watch those films later on type of thing so it's a case of um, we might do a double band uh, is it double a double bill not a double band what's that for crying a double out double banger a double banger for crying out loud that's a bit sexual but it doesn't matter a double banger and um we might see scream and john wick together so oh horror god action. in one in one night absolutely that's I mean, yeah, exhausting I that's cool. for me that that sounds like hell it might be a bit too much i don't know see how it goes what did you do then without because in my head you are at the cinema every friday night lost uh, a lost cause a lost soul did you come home and watch a movie um i didn't you know that the evening just sort of dwindled away really i did a bit of washing a bit of weeding in the guard did you sort of like yeah i just sort of dwindled away i hate when you get to the end of an evening you go what have i done oh it was very much like that there was i guess i was productive on a sort of house admin front but it was hardly TFI Friday with Chris Evans. Do you know what I mean? It was hardly let's get rid of Rumble people. And every now and then I'd look at my watch thinking I'd be in a cinema right now. I'd be watching teenagers stabbing each other, watching Scream, but instead I'm weeding in the front of my garden. So why didn't you go home and watch a film? I was thinking, oh, I could watch Luther on Netflix. I was umming and ahhing. But then without structure or anything around you, it just sort of yeah. dwindles off, doesn't it? You think, oh, I've got some dirty pants here. I can put them in a washing machine. Then half an hour later, you hear a ting, ting. Oh, there's the dirty pants. They're clean now. I better put those out to dry. Then you think, oh, I better have something to eat. 
and um, I listened pop to the him. old pop the old pizza in the microwave. Absolutely, absolutely. In actual fact, it was a macaroni cheese surprise from Aldi, and it's actually called a surprise. I don't know why, because I, I don't want a surprise. I pay for macaroni cheese. If it turned out to be beef stroganoff, that wouldn't be a good surprise, would it? Macaroni cheese. cheese surprise. Surprise. What's surprising about it? I don't know. Maybe you know, it kisses your um, your taste buds without you asking. I'm not sure. There is no. This hasn't come up. Macaroni cheese for all your little like your wafers last week didn't. Come up. Oh, the wafers did come up in the end, did they? they? Oh, did we they? We found out there was loads of sugar in them, and I suddenly realised why I felt quite depressed at the end of each film showing because macaroni cheese surprise hasn't come up. It's in Aldi, definitely. The other thing in Aldi that's really good is that they've recreated all the McDonald's meals. You can get like a Big Mac at Aldi for like a quid and you can pop that in the microwave. You've got a bloody Big Mac looking up at you, getting ready to be, you know, devoured. Or a McNuggets. Yeah. The um, yeah. the macaroni cheese surprise has got an almost oriental vibe to it. I think there's some oriental herbs in it. So I think the surprise is almost, there's like a dragon on the front. Um. Oh, there's a dragon on the front. He's, he's looking over his shoulder as to say, surprise. Ah, Dr. Greggle says, because uh, there are people watching this live. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching live. Um, Dr. Greggle says, surely half the first act is insufficient time to make a proper judgment. Do you know what? I always think that while sat in the cinema, but rarely is it wrong. I do think that to myself. It's like, easy, Dave. Well, do you know what? Get the first 10 minutes right, guys. Eh? Absolutely. You know, come out the stables, you know, still on the horse. Keep on yeah. the saddle. Yeah. For crying out loud. Do you know? I read an article yesterday. You've probably read it. If not, this is going to... Right. This is going to blow your nut. I, I imagine you're all over this. Uh, I've got to read it to you. This is going to blow your nut. You've interested me now. What is this? Bear with me, please. Brett Goldstein. Oh, yeah, I know him. Meeting Harrison Ford. Oh, God, what's that about then? Is that Let me about- read it. Let me read it. Wowzers. Let me read this to you. You ready? Yeah, I bloody am. This is Brett in Brett's voice. Well, I'm not going to do his voice, but... I turn up at the apartment... And ring the doorbell. Oh, what? Now you wait, David. (laughs) It's his apartment. Just wait, because it gets really, really good, this. Ready? God, go on, please. In fact, I'm going to read a bit more. This whole thing last night, I thought, I've got to read this out to you. In fact, this is a wonderful bit of random movie generator. Okay. Brett revealed he decided to offer it to Harrison Ford and then laugh about the fact that they offered it to Harrison Ford. But as it turned out, the Indiana Jones star was so impressed with what he read, he decided to call Brett Goldstein. Oh, my goodness. Who ignored the call as it came from a number he didn't recognise. But once Brett Goldstein heard Harrison Ford's voicemail... He called back to arrange a meeting. I wonder if he's kept that voicemail. What would that sound like? Hi, this is Harrison. I might be able to get it for the pod. I'll ask Brett. 
that would be amazing if you could do that that would be superb could you imagine right you ready i turn up at the apartment ring the doorbell han solo answers the door and i'm like hello mate and i go in the house and he goes best script i've ever read and i go shrinking because i've seen raise the lost ark and that's a very good script what are you talking about And then I see on his table, he's got loads of scripts. And I go, oh, he thinks I'm someone else. He's thinking of the wrong thing. And I see the shrinking script. And I point at it and I go, shrinking? And he goes, best dialogue I've ever read. And I go, oh, okay, do you want to be in it? And he goes, yeah. And I go, okay then. And then he goes, is that business done? And I go, looks like it. And he goes, Let's eat. Oh my <laughs> lord! Oh, for goodness sake! What a disaster! In the oh, just a disaster. Of jealousy, isn't it? It's just like another man's life peering over that garden fence. How can a man have it so good? And he's got a bloody cameo in a Marvel film. God, oh my! Let's eat. Can you continue, please? Or Harrison Ford, Jack and Ori? What do they eat? Okay. God almighty. This is almost too much, isn't it? This is better than a fantasy. Isn't that incredible? I Do you feel... Obviously, uh, jealousy towards Brett. Has that annoyed you in some way? Yes, it has. Because I feel as I should have got my finger out and re- re- wrote shrinking for crying out loud. Do you know what I mean? Or... That's just ridiculous. Let's eat. Yes, please. Has it pissed you off? Well, I don't know. Piss is a, it's a cocktail of emotions. It's like, you know, I'm engaged and entertained and people like that. I'm not bored. Do you know what I mean? So that's always interesting. I'm a meerkat looking over my sand dune. I'm intrigued. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, God, that's quite an experience, isn't it? Mm. I mean, going to his apartment as well. That's bizarre. How was it? What was the decor like? Where did he sit? Getting a little missed phone call. I know, a voicemail from Harrison Ford. Uh, hey, it's Harrison here. Hey, David, um, I wonder if we could talk. Uh, yeah. Please call me. I'm, ar- I'm around for the rest of the day. Unbelievable. What would you, what would you say? So ring him up. Here we go. Um, hi, Harrison. This is um, Dave Edwards. Uh, you left a oh, voicemail hey, for me. Yeah, how you doing? Oh, yeah, well, um, lo- lovely to hear from you. Sorry I didn't pick up your, your, um, your call. I didn't recognise the number. But... Um, yeah, I mean, um, I'd love to meet up and, you know, have a chat about the script. If you're at any point today, any point, I can literally... It was know, one of um, the best scripts I've ever read, David. G- coming from you, that is Christmas times a thousand. You know, that is, is like... Are you, you know, breathing heavily? Um, I am. Um, I'm sort of... I'm not having a heart attack, but certainly a minor heart murmur. Because coming from you, that really... I feel as though I really have hit a... Have you ever had a Maslow's hierarchy... You know, the idea that at the very peak of the pyramid, self-actualization. Oh, why are you humming? Goodness me. Oh, fuck. Hung up by Han Solo. I mean, if you're going to be hung up by anyone, I mean... Isn't it a brilliant, brilliant little... When I read that last night, I was like, that's great. What Can I read you a bit, a bit more? Oh, there's yes. a bit more here. What do they eat? I know he likes chili con carne, Harrison Ford. And as Brett Goldstein is collaborator, collaborators, no doubt, suspected, having him on board made their jobs a lot easier. 
when it came to writing. Brett continues, Yep, I hate to say it, it's easy because Harrison Ford, uh, and it's kind of easy to write for his voice and he's so fucking good. I'm not saying it's easy, easy, but it's a pleasure because you're excited to go, he's going to say this and he's going to make this fucking really funny or really moving. He's Harrison Ford. Absolutely. I mean, the guy's been around since the late 70s and it's 2023. I mean, he's been at the top now for almost 50 50 years. I'm going to text Brett now. Please do. Can... Can you get Harrison Ford and David Edwards together in the same room or Zoom before David dies? Dies, please. (laughs) I mean, the guys—he's doing the second season of Shrink, isn't it? They've been recommissioned. Yeah. So it's happening. He's seeing him. You know, they've got more episodes to film. Before I leave, I shuffle off this this hovering rock called Earth. Let's try and have some buddy Harrison for. I mean, to be one person. Well, I don't know Brett Goldstein, so I'm not one person away. You do it's know like Brett. You've met him, you? Oh, only to sort of say, um, you know, hi, how are you? You know, uh, I like what you're doing on TV. Very, very brief. Passing ships in the night. But we've done a pod together, haven't we? Um, yes, I think. We, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, we did. I wouldn't yeah. say I actually know him type right. of thing. Do you know what I mean? I right. wouldn't. I wouldn't say you know. Um, Christmas cards aren't sent his way type of thing. But, I mean, um, God, he's living a fascinating life now, isn't he? Gosh almighty. Anyway, well, let's see. I've, I've put it out there, David. The That's idea a hard of, one to say anyway to move on from. <laughs> the idea of Harrison Ford joining you on this Zoom saying, hi, David, how would you react? Genuinely. It would be a mixture of, um, this is a man who doesn't take fools gladly. He, he's quite a grumpy character. So it'd be like childhood dreams, but also the adult in me making sure I don't waste his time. Because I think it could t- definitely turn into that old man across the garden fence who you keep kicking your football into his uh, radishes. It could go wrong very, very quickly. So I'd have to be very kind of ready to keep the conversation going, verbally quite nimble. I don't think he would like any of my kind of um, unintentional wordplay and things in that vein. Do you know what I mean? So it could it could go wrong quite badly. But I'll get involved. Don't worry about that. <laughs> right, calm it's down. Blimey. Right, David, I mean, have you got just any... Just sign house of all autograph <laughs> would be amazing. God, just get me a shrinking script that just says, Hi, Dave. No, that won't be enough. It wouldn't oh, be no, enough. It's like any drug. It's a gateway drug, that exactly. is. Exactly. That's just me on, on, a, on a plane to LA to start sniffing him out. Right, David, have you got any movie news this week? I'll tell you one bit of exciting movie news. Disney have finally created a real lightsaber, whereby it's an LSD light where actually you have the handle, you press the button, and zoop! That's the sound of the Pardon? lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wouldn't mind you zooping yeah. me on oh, me any day. Oh, oh, zooping on me. Did you hear that? 
as always, it was very negative. No, it wasn't. She just said, I wouldn't mind you zooping on me any day. Yes. Well, I thought that was negative in the sense it's not very feminist. You know what zooping means? You must know. Sexual. Yes. On someone. Yes. And, you know, she's supposed to be a feminist robot of the year 2023. And that's not very girl power, is it? It's supposed to be a bionic Spice Girl, and you're well, up she, to people you can still enjoy you. being zooped on. Well, it's a bit like you know. Sorry, am I, I, sorry, am I not allowed to be zooped on? She wants to be zooped. It's like oh, you know, easy love. Forget it then. She just said, "Forget it then." Absolutely, forget it then. Well, I wouldn't say forget it. I would. I mean, put it in your diary. Let's talk about it. I'm saying let's flirt before zooping. Do you know what I mean? Let's not just so what is leave. zooping? You what don't even know. On, on a robot. You don't what even know. What is it? Zooping is when you put your I guess your biological USB systems or whatever you want to call it into her mother drive. And I know that's inappropriate, but I mean, there you go. It's like when you upload your data. Wow, he does know. He does know. It's not, you know. You surprise me. Machine and man are two different things. You surprise me. They can help each other along. But when you start sharing your duvet day with them, things can go wrong very quickly. You find yourself in the burn unit in the local hospital. Can you explain what zooping is again? But could you sing it with the explanation? USB, it's time to import your data to me. Link it into my motherboard and fill me with energy, please. Zoop, yes, please. Zoop, zoop. Oh, that's me. Anyway. I love the way you make David laugh. I love the way you make him laugh. Out. She just said, I love the way you make David laugh. I do. What? Um, the way you make Manny David said, laugh. Manny said she loves the way you make you me laugh. make David well, laugh. you know, it's good that she's being positive and uh, she, she's very un- uncharacteristically positive this morning, isn't she? Zippy, zippy. Listen to her. Zippy, zippy, zippy. Keep saying. Yeah, you keep zippy, your zippy thoughts zippy, to yourself. It's supposed to be a feminist or an independent robot. It's supposed to be pushing through the frontier, not going backwards. Back to this lightsaber. Is there any. um... (laughs) Yeah, there's footage on there. It was at the Southeast Southwest Festival. uh, Southeast Southwest? Southwest Southeast, or it's Southeast Southwest. It's SWSX Festival. And if you put real lightsaber. Disney have created it and it will be sold at the theme parks very, very soon. You've got to remember, for their recent lightsabers at Galaxy Edge, it's £250 for a personalised uh, handle. So, gosh knows how Hang much on a minute. Cost. What did you call that festival? Um, southeast, southwest, or it's southwest, southeast. And it's, it's recently. South by southwest? Yes. Fucking hell, you threw me. I thought you were talking about something going on down in Brighton. No, God no, it's in America. I think it's in South Austin. South by Southwest. Yes, I think it's in Austin, yeah. And um, it's a big American one. I mean, wasn't Charles supposed to be shown there at one point? Uh, yeah, but oh, then I we think got, the short yeah. film was shown there, wasn't it? The short film was shown yes, there. Yes, I think it was, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, Disney have created this, and it has the effect of an actual lightsaber blade. Um, as we said, zoop, up from the handle, actually appearing. It's not a plastic glow in the dark light this is it's got like an lcd trickery to the eye effect right okay i'm i'm, I'm looking at it now um and it's like guys we've finally done it you can all have lightsabers in your lounge okay right thanks to disney 
What? H- how is that created? I don't quite understand. There's what some, it's an LCD light, and it's some kind of trickery to the eye, apparently. David, it's amazing. I know, it is amazing, isn't it? How much is it? Well, as I say, £250 is how much... No, 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 that's what the... Um, the current lightsaber is worth. It what costs. do you mean the current lightsaber? Well, there's a lightsaber at the moment with a personalised handle, and that only has a plastic lightsaber blade at the front. And the current highest um, price for a lightsaber at Galaxy's Edge, the gift store at Star Wars World Disneyland, is 250 quid. So they think, well, obviously it's going to be more than that. So I think it would be at least £300 minimum. What Have you got a lightsaber? No. Why? I've got a mortgage, unfortunately, and I just can't have them both together. 250 quid. I mean, God, that's, uh, that's Tesco money, isn't that? Do you know what I mean? In it? I mean, urban then. I mean, a bit street would you like? Would you like one of those new lightsabers? Um, God, who wouldn't, for crying out loud? Well, it's an extendable blade. What can you do I mean, with it? Uh, well, they, says, that's can why you I cut think glass doors with it? Can you cut people in half? You can't. I mean, it'd be good doing a presentation to point at PowerPoint slides or if you want to make a point in a room or, um, you know, if you wanted to, if you lost something behind the couch, it'd be a very fancy looking torch. But I don't think it could be used as an actual weapon to attack a burglar, only to illuminate their face, not to attack them. Right. That's quite exciting. I'd love one. Why would I want? Why do I want one? Well, it's almost like George Lucas' fantasy come to reality. It's like having a Back to the Future 2 hoverboard that actually hovers you between the kitchen to the lounge. One slip with a lightsaber. So Suckard says, one slip with a lightsaber and you could cut your house in half. <laughs> I've, I've, well, there you go. If it was a real lightsaber, yes. Could you? Could a lightsaber cut a house in half? I think it could do, definitely. It could certainly, you know, cut into a wall. You could you could cut doorways very quickly. I don't know if it could cut an entire house in half because um, I don't think the lightsaber is um, tall enough for that. But I think you could very easily um, cut a doorway or a hole. We're talking about a real Jedi crystal lightsaber, aren't we? Yeah, it'd easily cut a fridge in half and then, you know, decapitate a pet if you weren't, you know, careful. Wow, that came out of nowhere. I think it would do, though. I mean, it's a very strong blade. Yeah. Any other movie news? Quentin Tarantino apparently is ready for his 10th and final film already. It's called The Film Critic. It's set in the 70s. He's written it. People think it's going to be about Pauline Kael, the well-known film critic. say Pauline Quirk. No, um, Kale, this one. Quirk would be interesting. Who knows? No one's, I, I haven't read the script. You never know. And um, Pauline Kale is a well-known film critic of the 1970s, and it's going to be in the 70s, set in L.A., called The Film Critic. And people are surprised that he's already ready to... Um, I thought he'd sit on it for a while, because it's supposed to be his final film. He's also written a mini-series. David, David, it won't be his final film. I Yeah, I think it's doubtful as well. Nah. It's got to be doubtful. I, I reckon be interesting he'll have, what he's he'll got have five or six, seven years off. He'll write a book or two and go, I'm bored. Do you know what? I hope he does write more books, because that cinema speculation book he wrote... He's a busy bee, man. He comes up with a lot of stuff. Because as I say, he's already written a mini-series that, because um, he says, I might not do another film, but I'll do, you know, I'll do prestige dramas. 
but his um his book cinema um spectacle or is it speculate cinema speculate sorry is very good it's a real readable book i think i recommended it a few weeks ago great stuff on steve mcqueen's bullet and cinema how, speculation cinema speculation and there was a great bit about how um steve mcqueen's wife used to read all of um mcqueen's uh, scripts and she used to throw in lots of ideas for rewrites and was a real influence on what films he did. And it was a very positive influence. If it wasn't for her, he would never have done Bullet. Also, they look at how um, Brian De Palma, ne- he looks at how Brian De Palma nearly um, directed Taxi Driver and what direction that would go in if De Palma had uh, directed it. And it's, it's supported by lots of interesting um uh, research. It's a, it's a fascinating read. Oh, Lordy, you've got me again, Quentin. This is a remarkable non-fiction debut, hard on the back of a brilliant novelisation of his latest and equally brilliant movie. I literally couldn't put this thing down, and I devoured it in just a few days. It's a Trevor treasure trove of insight, observation, reflection, and, well, yes, speculation on the greatest decade of commercial cinema ever, the 1930s. Yeah, it's very good, very good. 70s. It's really, it's really good. I mean, he makes really good observations like why he thought Travis Bickle never went to Vietnam. And he makes the point that, uh, it's, and, they're, and they're really well observed points. Like when Travis Bickle's on screen and he sees anyone of an African-American background, Bickle is always very standoffish. He doesn't quite understand their kind of, um, their street talk. He has a very kind of white man conservative reaction. And uh, Tarantino rightly says that if um, Bickle had spent time in Vietnam, he'd be surrounded by men of an African-American background. So he wouldn't find their their talk and their kind of street talk in any way confusing. And he also talks, says that, you know, um, you know, the whole idea of um, Travis Bickle is that he is this untrustworthy narrator. And he makes a really good argument that he never went to Vietnam and that Vietnam jacket he bought just in a local shop, a military shop. And um, yeah, adds to it. Yeah, it's, it's just, um, it's a really interesting read. It just makes you realize that he could have been an amazing film critic if he wasn't a filmmaker. Well, just like endless. you. I do not, I don't know about that, Captain. I do not know about that. I think it's time for you to start. Um... What can I, I can hear your voice somewhere. Really? Listen. And um, yeah, adds to it. Yeah, it's, it's just, um, it's a really interesting read. It just makes you realise that he could have been an amazing film critic if he wasn't a filmmaker. Is that YouTube giving it's, you feedback? It's, it's weird hearing you again, isn't it? Well, it certainly is. I didn't know what he was talking about. I was like, blimey, is that me? My past self, I want to tell him to shut up. David, thank you so much for this week's movie news. Thank you, Captain. Thank you, more importantly. David Edwards' Movie Review. So, this week's movie movie review, I've completely forgotten. I I feel like, from... The vaguest of memories. It's not a film that fills you full of... It is a film. Seven Samurai. Absolutely. Wow. Now this feels like a chunky bit of movie review. How are you feeling? What are you thinking? How did it go? 
it was basically it's a film I came away with it reminded me of watching Forbidden Planet which I did in a previous uh, episode with Leslie Nielsen the 50s sci-fi and the um, 70s sci-fi Westworld in the sense that you watch it and it's like wow more so because Forbidden Planet you could see obviously Star Trek influences Westworld you could see Truman Show and Jurassic Park which isn't surprising because Westworld was done by Michael Crichton do you feel um, like you've come away after eating a nutritious pie oh absolutely yeah are you really glad you've watched it now yes I am I'm very very glad I watched it at 100% and also you can see that it didn't just influence Star Wars everyone says Seven Samurai Star Wars it's like forget that Seven Samurai clearly influenced kind of 80s action cinema cinematography David can I just say movies. people in the uh, comment box have just said looking forward to this here we go over Absolutely. to you David what's it about I would Basically, you can see Seven Samurai in loads of movies like um, Pixar's A Bug's Life, uh, Mandalorian, Star Wars Season 1. It's basically A-Team or um, The Three Amigos that we watched, uh, that we did a, um, a review on a few um, a few weeks ago, in the sense that you have a community that's being, um, you know, kind of, uh, that's, that's under uh, um, attack by kind of, you know, local bandit figures and the samurais put together a community, sorry, put together a band of people to actually, you know, um, save the community. Once again, it's almost a bit like that um, Clint Eastwood film we watched, High Noon. Do you remember that one once again? So you've got the community, like Three Amigos, they're being uh, terrorised by this evil presence. And then you have this group of men that come in to save the community. It is A-Team. That's if you want to go as basic as you like. That's young guns. It it's like young guns. Magnificent and it's like Seven. Ma- absolutely magnificent Seven. Um, um, the Red Hand Gang. Hundred percent. Absolutely. And then Scooby-Doo. alongside that, Scooby Doo. Never thought of that. But Scooby Doo is very true. Yeah, absolutely. So to introduce a whole subgenre of narrative style. So I'm sat there thinking, blimey, this is a big one. And also considering it came out in the fifties. The cinematography is amazing. There's an amazing shot where, to represent a samurai's focus and dedication, he runs down a steep hill in a forest surrounded by trees, and it's all done in just one long take. And the editing to different camera angles is very advanced for a 50s film. Lots of camera movement, um, which you wouldn't expect for a film of that era. Um, yeah, it was, it was very, very impressive. Each samurai has their own character arc which um, is very fulfilling. So there's no cipher characters that are just there just to boost it up to, you know, so it's, you've got seven samurais knocking about. Big question coming in now from me. Massive question. How many sittings? Well, there you go. I would say four sittings in the sense that I respected it. It was eating my fruit and, fruit and veg, veg and pie or whatever, veg and potatoes. But I... Um, I didn't love it. It's three hours long. It definitely, you know, if it was 90 minutes, it'd be fine. But it was very, it's like, it's good that each samurai had their own character arc, but it's almost like, maybe you should have just call it three samurais. Well, yeah, you, know I mean? you just said it was very fulfilling that every samurai oh, had its own. I think, um, I know, <laughs> I know it's contradicting. Three samurais. <laughs> I, I've, I've been very respectful of it. Do you know what I mean? I can, I can massively see what it's inspired. I mean, 
even like um, there's wipes that appear and you're thinking oh my god that's where George Lucas got the editing wipes from yeah but it's more than Star Wars it's incredible and he says never never has the seven samurai been compared to the three amigos before it's basically step by step what the seven samurais is it's seven samurais with, with dodgy Chevy Chase gags is it? It literally is that. And it's quite sad that I watched The Three Amigos before Seven Samurais. And I sat there thinking, oh, this is like that Steve Martin comedy. Is there, was there any part in The Seven Samurais where you were absolutely gripped? Or did you always feel like you were watching a movie that was 70, 80 years old? Oh, no. Some of the action sequences are very, very good. And also the composition of the frames is very impressive. He puts loads of information in the frame. There's like loads of stuff happening in the, in the foreground and then stuff in the back, background. You can tell as a director, um, uh, he really is very, very advanced, incredibly advanced in the 1950s. You can tell why Lucas and Spielberg and Coppola were obsessed by him. And then when he went through the doldrums in the 80s, his industry turned their back on him. Uh, they sweeped into his rescue, didn't they? Because this is the second film we've seen with Kurosawa. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we've seen we watched another you, one as well. Didn't you watch the one where it was his comeback film? It was his comeback film. Yeah. It was after he'd done the um, the Francis yeah. Ford Coppola produced film, and there was new interest in his career. Well, let's have a little listen to a segment from the Seven Samurai. あいみちだろう。違う。拙者の勝ちだ。バカだ。真剣ならばお主は倒れておる。うん。手は真剣に言うよ。無駄だ。何わからんな。真剣ならばお主は死ぬ。無駄なことだ。Hmm. Absolutely, full of action. Yeah. Okay. So you you put the film on. It's one of the greats, known as being one of the great movies. When did you turn it off after the first sitting? When did the first sitting end? An hour, basically. And did I say four? Maybe it was three sittings. I probably did an hour each, okay. each bit type of thing. I would say. Was it homework, David? No, do you know, it was like going to the gym in the sense that every now and then you get in the zone with it and you feel it was a worthwhile time. It was definitely time worthwhile spent. I mean, I went to huge, I went down a massive Seven Samurai wormhole afterwards on the internet. I was, I was really quite fascinated by it. Were there any scenes within the movie where you went, oh, wow, that has just been lifted and placed in another movie, like shot for shot? I'm sure there are shot for shot moments, but just the general kinetic editing and the different uses of camera angles just reminded me of like 80s action films, like Predator, stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? I, I, could just, I just thought to myself, God, this feels like a John McTyre 80s film. Just the speed of the editing, the different camera angles used, the composition, lots of information in the frame. Who influenced him? Yeah, there you go. I don't know. It'd be like silent cinema or something. You're quite, quite right. You're totally right. I'm sure that I'm sure I've seen sort of images from 
like Seven Samurai and Star Wars, where they they feel sort of shot for shot like oh, C three yeah, yeah. PO. There's definite moments like that. You can see that C three PO and R two D two are based on some of the villagers um, within it, and also. Um, Literally, the wipe effect, the editing, you know when you have a wipe where one scene moves on to another scene, it literally moves on the screen, that appears literally. Star Wars does that a lot, doesn't it? It does it a lot, and it's seen as a Lucas kind of auteur motif. That's definitely coming from Seven Samurai. But I would say Star Wars almost isn't enough, in the sense that, um, I don't know, I guess in a way, Return of the Jedi is almost a bit Seven Samurai, the way they turn up and they help the Ewoks, who are being attacked by the um, Stormtroopers. That's got a Seven Samurai vibe to it, definitely. I never thought about that. In actual fact, I'd say Jedi is more kind of Seven Samurai than... Um... When did you watch Seven Samurai? Saturday. During the day? Absolutely. Sweeties? No, it was more um, lots of hot chocolates. and Which is like um, a hot... Hot, liquidy sweetie. It is a hot, liquidy sweetie. You are quite right. It's a, it's a whisper bar liquidated into a, a mug to sip from, and I enjoy it greatly. And options, peppermint or orange chocolate uh, treats. I, I do enjoy them. A nice kiss, a nice snog on the old uh, taste buds. Not a snog. Snog feels a little bit too... Bit of a peck, bit of a kiss, but a little... Smooch? A smooch on the old taste buds. A Ooh, chocky I like smooch. That. A chocky smooch. I mean, God, that... Why isn't there a, a, a sweet out there called a choppy smooch? Make one. Become Absolutely, a... I will do. How? God, well, I guess I'd have to get a pen and paper and draw it first of all, work out the ingredients, maybe try and cook what one. What would you put in, in a choppy... How would you make... If if I gave you four hours to come up with a choppy smooch, how would you do it? Do you remember those... Um, uh, back in the 80s, you go to the local spa and you put that um, space dust on your tongue and it would start... Weirdly, I had a bit last weekend. Oh, was it still around? My boy came in and said, put... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. You'd put that in a chalky smooch. Oh, yeah, because you want that, that smooch effect. Okay, so sort of I've romantic. given you four hours. You've got till half four this afternoon. What are you doing? So I'm going to basically... Um, I would want... I mean, I don't know how I'm going to get this exact ingredients... But I definitely want the Kinder Egg style chocolates, and then I would um, put loads of um, asteroid space dust in it, whatever the name is. And um, what else would I put in it? Yeah, definitely. I'm trying to think what else I would um... put in what? Uh, the smooch, the chalk smooch. So what you're going to put it in like a little package? So cr- crumble up a Kinder a Kinder Egg with some space dust. Oh, and then I'd melt it. Then I put space dust in the melt, melted element. I would then um, shape the actual chocolate into a well, lips, female lips, and um, I'd have uh, red uh, coloring. And then you eat the lips, which I don't think works really. You have to think it through. It's um, it's almost a bit cannibalistic. There'd be a lot of prototypes. It's as simple as that. Um, yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? Coming up with these chocolate bars. I thought it was a hot chocolate drink. Oh, dear, oh, oh what a disaster. I apologise. I thought it was an actual chocolate bar. This is not how Cadbury's work, is it? I mean, you could just get the lips. You get the lips out. How about you get the lips out of the package? You put the lips in a little mug. You go, oh, they're nice. Put them in a mug. Hot water. A little bit of milk. What that's like, called like is calibration. Bath, Absolutely. Yeah, bath bombs. 
Absolutely like a bath bomb, but it's lips. So you put the lady's lips into the mug, hot water, and then you've got a beautiful uh, chocolate smooch drink to see you through the winter. Yes, absolutely. And then maybe we could do the chocolate bars as a spin-off. So, David, it's time to review The Seven Samurai. I don't want you to look at it. What may, now, you look at it the way you want to look at it, for crying out loud. You're the critic. How many chalk ices out of five are you going to give The Seven Samurai? Four out of five, which I know is a bit of a shocker. Some people say it's five out of five to the grave. But the thing is, you know, it was like, um, it's like the new Batman film with Matt Reeves. I mean, I, I thought that was really good. I'm not a massive comic book fan. I really enjoyed it and the style it, it presented, but it just overstayed its welcome. Maybe it's me with a short attention span. I'm part of the TikTok generation. Well, I'm not part of the TikTok generation. I'm a dinosaur in their eyes. But, you know, I, I just don't have the you attention span for You are not part of the TikTok generation. <laughs> Quite a... That was hopeful. You are definitely not part of the TikTok generation. Um, okay, so four out of five for the Seven Samurai. You've got to be honest. It took you four sittings. Yes, um, I mean, you know, respect it 100%. Yeah. But didn't love it, love it. You know, it didn't turn my heart into to liquid like a, a, a chocolate So a sandwich. film... That you took four, took you four sittings. You give four stars. Yeah, because you can see, you know, it was very um, influential, engaging, influential. Oh, right. I went yeah. down a rabbit hole afterwards, looking at yeah. seven samurai research. You know, it was um, it was definitely uh, time well spent, certainly. But it, very much adult boxes being ticked. Like, oh, okay, scratching yeah. of the chin. I see a nutritious like, movie pie. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, and yeah. a gourmet burger. Yeah. Thank Not you, David. Burger, for this. a gourmet, you know, ribs. Thank you very much, David, for this week's movie review. Thank you, Captain. Thank you. David Edwards Movie Tip. So, David, have you got any movie tips for us this week? I tell you, I've got a good movie book that I'm currently reading. Really, really good. Which is um, called... It's called... um, uh, It's by Michael uh, Shalman. S-H-U-L-M-A-N. He's a writer for The New Yorker. And it's called Oscar Wars, A History of Hollywood in Gold, Sweat and Tears. And it's a really interesting look into how no one in Hollywood wins an Oscar purely because of their um, acting range or ability. And he goes into the dark magic of uh, campaigns and strategies that people use to get you voted and get you um, get you an Oscar. And it's got nothing to do with how good you are. It's all about PR people. David, 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 David. We haven't spoken about the Oscars, have we? I don't believe we have, no. So everything everywhere... All at once. Swept, swept, swept the ball? Yeah, it's been years since... Now, why? Why has it? Uh, the, uh, the fact that you're talking about this book, why? I would say, um, politically for the Oscars, they want to seem contemporary and, um, you know, their finger on the button. And it's very much touching upon very kind of modern themes, isn't it? It's, you know, um, embracing homosexuality. 
embracing immig immigration within America. So you've got that aspect. So it's the Oscars wanting to actually embrace more contemporary themes within cinema and say that we're not just white men. We've opened up the Oscars to a wide range to the Academy and voters. The other aspect is that um, it, it's, what is it? I'd say that's definitely a prime, prime element. Also, it's a case whereby um, it's an example of a kind of, um, it's not a franchise movie, but it's done incredibly well at the box office. That's a big, big factor, whereby it's, it's, it's a mixture of two everything everywhere all at once in the sense that it's got that multiverse Marvel fast edit Kung Fu vibe. But at the same time, it's got that experimental art house element. So it's kind of attracting the older generation feel as though they can get involved in it. because It's got that independent art house root in. But at the same time, the younger academy, which they're trying to get involved in more as voters, uh, have enjoyed the more mainstream because it does have a Marvel cinematography kung fu multiverse element. It's a nice cocktail of mixtures where a lot of people feel comfortable voting for it. Also, the other thing is the actors' narratives, which this book talks about, is very important in the sense that um, the guy who played Short Round in Indiana Jones Temple of Doom, he was out of work for, for decades because no one uh, wanted to employ someone with an oriental background. Is he that true? He was out of work? Yeah, he started doing stunt work. He just, after Goonies and Temple of Doom, he just could not get another gig and he was out of work for ages. And then more oriental focused films like The Farewell and other films became popular in Hollywood. And he thought, right, I'll give it a go. There seems to be more of a platform for oriental performers, uh, Chinese performers. And, um, you know, he's first got an agent and his first gig was this, everything, everywhere, all at once. And also I'm terrible at remembering Michelle Yeoh, is that her name, the main female actress? She's been in the industry now for years, hasn't she? Couching, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. She's been in the James Bond movies, Tomorrow Never Dies, and also the early Jackie Chan films. So she's very much a respected figure that's finally been given the nod. i tell you one, though, that is just ridiculous. The idea of Jamie Lee Curtis winning an Oscar for that particular role is, is just nuts. She didn't do it. You know, don't get me wrong, she was a nice addition no, I like, to the I like, comedic I like it here where you go, hey... You're not putting up with this. Let's hear but, this side of you, David. But I mean, this that Oscar very much represents what Michael Schluman's talking about in the sense that she was given that Oscar for her career, not for that film. Because the character she plays in that film is like something out of a Nickelodeon kids movie. Do you remember that like uh, TV show in the nineties called Eerie Indiana, where you'd have like these kind of grotesque adults in a like childlike Twilight Zone setting? It's more in keeping with that. She didn't do a bad job. I think she was a fun addition to the movie, but she certainly didn't w deserve an Oscar. So you're so you're voting more for um, her lineage because obviously her mother and father were famous performers in Hollywood, and just her career. And she's been around for like you know many decades since Halloween. So why, why wasn't the film rewarded at the Baftas? Um, the, well, a lot of people would say. I mean, that's one of the reasons reasons why they say that you know um the BAFTAs and one of the main criticisms was that the things that won were very kind of white middle-aged man focused and the BAFTAs were trying to make a point of saying no we've moved on from that like the Oscars we're inviting in a more international younger multicultural voting system and a lot of people said that well that wasn't represented because you had this very obvious war movie the sort of thing that you know Jeremy Clarkson would sit down and watch on an afternoon and what? I beg your pardon? 
Well, you know, Jeremy Clarkson, your classic middle-aged white man. Jeremy, which, you know, I'm I, saying... I haven't seen Batman. that movie. It's good. Don't get me wrong. Cinematography and editing and visuals are very, very impressive. But the narrative is very, very hackneyed. It's very much just about a uh, innocent soul going off to war. It's a very Charlie Sheen platoon. It's very much done. It's a very hackneyed narrative. Innocent soul goes to war and becomes. You alien. sound like a film snob. Well, I guess. But don't Have you, now listen. I heard Mandy told me in the week that you went off to the palace to spend an evening with your film snob friends, and you stayed the night. Oh, you always stay the night because so much brandy and cigar is kind of like you know consumed. What happened? Well, we we, we discuss celluloid. We discuss how cinema is becoming mere digital data, video streaming. Did you have and a nice it, evening? Because she said you text her and said I love those men and they like me. When I feel part of the gang and they embrace what I've got to say, but when they what said, did they say when you appeared on the porch? Um, they didn't open the door. They just sh- shouted at the other side of the hall, wipe your feet, we're in the lounge. And I just sort of let myself in. And there wasn't a seat for me, so I had to pull out a stool from the kitchen. W- wipe your feet, we're in the lounge. I didn't know where the lounge was. I hadn't been invited before, what's so I had to the, open a few the, doors. Uh, for those of you who just uh, joined the podcast, David has some f- uh, friends or kind of people he knows um, who are film snob critics? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Film yeah. cineasts. Yes. Cineasts. And they're, they're all, there's about four or five of them, they're all in their absolutely, m- yeah. mid to late 60s. Uh, mid to late 60s, I'd say sort of late 40s to early 60s, yes. And they all live in a, a grand sort of house in West Sussex somewhere, is it? Absolutely, in, yeah. All sort of East near Petersfield. Hove. Hove. Hove or Petersfield, yeah, that kind of area. Yeah. Well, where is it? Hove. West Sussex Hove. Nowhere near Petersfield. Nowhere near Petersfield. But they would like... And and they've... How would you describe their attitude towards film? Um, very dogmatic, very almost religious, very Catholic. You know, there's a right way and a wrong way. And if you don't see it their way, you're doomed. And why did you go around there in the week? Um, just to um, show them a face and sort of, you know, because they are friends, they're acquaintances. And to see, you know, if I could be, um, you know, engaged on a pop culture level, you know, and have a bit of chitter chat on the on the film side. Could you very, very quickly, like at high speed, just get so we get through this section, explain what the inside of this mansion, the house, is like as you made your way from the door and found the, the lounge? What did you see? Like almost like, explain it to us in fast forward language. Um, you've Go. got. Um, so, so very quickly, you've got go, 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 go. A, a, a mountain go. bike because they've never quick, got around to learn how to drive. Quick, quick, um, quick. Lots of dust, um, lots of uh, magazines that have got like pay, uh, string quick. on because they need to get rid of the magazines. Uh, you then have uh, like a, um, a robot. Any, any paintings? Quick, quick, quick. Um, uh, paintings, yes. You've got um, the woman from Wizard of Oz with the, uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 the slippers. And then you enter into the... Um, uh, the lounge is full of dust and carpets and lots and lots of books, books everywhere, basically, and a very large um, uh, video plasma screen. So you've got a, a piece of modern technology in the form of a, um, of, of a video, you know, large, large screen, but surrounded by very old books. And what was the first thing they said to you when you entered the lounge? 
nothing. They just kept on talking amongst well, themselves. But what was the first thing they said to you once they stopped talking? Uh, don't sit there. Sit there. I tried to move my stall somewhere else and sit there. And I just found an opportunity to interject and enter into the conversation. Don't sit there. Sit there. Simple as that. Don't sit there. Sit there. It's like, oh, well, you do know I'm here then. You are aware of my presence. Fuck you. What the hell are we talking about? Film tips. Where's this come from? Oh, the Oscars. Oh, the Oscars. Oscar Wars. So you recommend that that book, Oscar Wars? Absolutely, I do. Definitely. The dark magic. They look at how basically, and it's very true, how Harvey Weinstein managed to steal the best picture from Spielberg for Saving Private Ryan. And he did it by putting on fancy parties for the Academy. I mean, Shakespeare in Love. I mean, who talks about that movie now? It's in no way of any great merit, and it beats Saving Private Ryan. And also, um, he talks about in the book, if you look at Spielberg's face during the Oscars, I haven't found it on YouTube, it's hard to find, but he says a lot. Was that the Saving Private Ryan face? Yes, um, apparently he's he's got a face like thunder. I couldn't find it, unfortunately. Oh. Oh, how annoying. You couldn't find it. Is it out there? Do you know if it's out there? Um, I don't know. I had a brief look. But um, I couldn't quite find it, but you can tell it's getting more and more annoyed. And also he's mentioned it, he mentioned it in an interview with the Fablemans, that he said um, it's becoming far too kind of a, of a campaign game and a less about people actually voting for the art. So like Weinstein would be very clever, he'd put on parties and um, really wine and dine the Academy. But now it, there's... So, so, so Darry, David, are you saying this is when Shakespeare in Love won the Oscar? Um, yes, Shakespeare in Love won the okay, Oscar. So I don't I've know got, which Oscar got, it is, which which of the awards it is, because uh, they won I've got several Shakespeare awards in Love win- Okay. But apparently there's a particular one go. where Spielberg's not happy. For best picture. But Harrison Ford! Here we go. Elizabeth, Alison Owen, Eric Feldner, and Tim Bevan, producers. Life is Beautiful, Elda Ferry, and Gianluigi Braschi, producers. Saving Private Ryan, Steven Spielberg, Ian Bryce, Mark Gordon, and Gary Levinson, producers. Shakespeare in Love, David Parfit, Donna Gelati, Harvey Weinstein, Edward Zwick, and Mark Norman, producers. The Thin Red Line, Michael Geisler, John Robidoux, and Grant Hill, producers. And the Oscar goes to Shakespeare in Love. Donna Gelati, Harvey Weinstein, Edward Zwick, and Mark Norman. This is the first Oscar for David Parfit, Donna Gelati, Harvey Weinstein, and Edward Zwick. And the second for Mark Norman, who also won tonight for original screenplay. Damn. Is there a bad reaction or? There's no camera on Spielberg. That is bizarre, isn't it, that that won that year? I know, no one remembers it at all now, completely. And they say it's because, well, one thing Weinstein does, which is apparently very clever, is. Um, he can't, the Academy says that you can't, as a producer, do organised parties to influence the Academy. 
There's no but, um, camera on. Whoa. Screen. Sorry, go on. Sorry, David. Um, you can't um, put parties together or campaigns to influence the academy. So what he would do is he would get a friend to put on parties. So it wasn't officially his party, but then he'd invite the academy to the screening. So he'd find loopholes. Also, he would then... Um, uh, create negative stories in the press towards other people's films and there's like um and it's a, a lot of it is about building a, a positive narrative around the actual person so for instance the guy who um who plays um who play i can't remember his name unfortunately who played uh he was short round in indiana jones and everything everywhere all at once i don't think the performance was was enough to win an oscar and Michelle Yeoh's uh, performance, it was nothing like Kate Blanchett's tar performance, but it just worked well as a narrative for people to want to be, um, to promote. Well, David, thank you so much for this week's movie tips. Thank you, sir. I'll have to look for that Spielberg video. I can't get hold of that. I've never seen a Spielberg Thunderface. It must exist. Okay, David, so here we go. This is um, Mandy is absolutely ripped. Oh, she just said zoop, zoop. Zip, zip. She, well, she wants to keep her zoops to herself. Keep it under her bionic mini skirt. She's absolutely revving her engines, ready to go. And this is the part of the show where Mandy uh, generates three movies for you to choose, one of them blindfoldedly, so that you can review it for next weeks let's go for it show. captain let's go for it this is always very very uh this is um quite a nervy time for you isn't it it certainly is this is my weekend being mapped out for me Fuck, it is isn't it oh my god okay so the first thing we have to do is choose the genre of the first of the three films so here we go take your time david I'm nervous for you. Please, please. Uh, hit the button. Crime. Okay. And now please choose the decade. Hit the button. 2020s. Okay, that's positive. Mandy, please generate. Mandy has generated four movies. She's spinning the movies. Please tell Mandy when to stop spinning. Stop. The Dry. Eric Banner. The Dry? I've never heard of that. The Dry. The Dry. Eric Banner. Very strange. Okay. Okay. That's the first movie. David, are you ready? Okay, absolutely, yes. So we're going to choose the genre of dry. I've never heard of that one. Movie. Over to you. Okay. Hit the button. Romance. Oh, lovely! Can't go wrong with romance. And now, please choose the decade. Hit the button. Two thousand and twenties. Once again, there we go. Very contemporary. And Today. generate. 
Mandy has generated four romantic movies. She's spinning them around and now it's down to you. Stop. Purple Hearts. I haven't heard of that one. What are these films? Purple Hearts. What's that one? Purple Hearts. Interesting. Purple Hearts. And now the genre of the third. Mo- How are you feeling at the moment, Dave? With those yeah, I'm two not movies? sure. I think I think that's a Netflix one. Purple Hearts. I could be wrong. Okay. Please choose. Take your time. The genre of the third movie. Hit the button. Science fiction. Like it. Like it. And now the decade. Take your time. Hit the button. 2010. Okay, contemporary game. A 2010 sci-fi, very possible. Mandy has Potential. generated four movies. Please tell her when to stop. Stop. Prospect. Prospect. Now I've heard of that. That's like a Wild West sci-fi. I've seen the short film for that, but I've never seen the film. It's a father and daughter, and they're like mining something on an alien planet. I'd be very interested in watching that, definitely. Okay, so I've given each movie an A, a B, and a C. I've jumbled up the A, the B, and the C. And now it's over to you, David, to choose which movie you are going to review next week. Is it going to be A, B, or C? A. Random movie. Prospect. Oh, wow! Lovely, I'm up for that. I've been meaning to watch that film for a while. That looks really good, yeah, definitely. It's almost like a Wild West. It's almost like they're like going to this kind of mining community. Do you know, like when they used to mine for gold in America in the 30s, like Chaplin? It's that, but a sci fi setting. Oh, David, listen to you. You're over the moon. I hope that is the film. I haven't, um... No, it is. It is. It oh, is. wonderful. Wonderful, it is the wonderful, film. wonderful. Do you know what? It's just over an hour and a half. You're going to have a fantastic time. Don't look it. Don't look it. Just watch it without. Don't go into it with any. I won't, I won't, I will not whatsoever. I won't, he says, googling the movie. <laughs> I know, what a disaster. It, and it's very rude of me to Google whilst doing this podcast. I do apologise. <laughs> very, very rude. Uh, it's really nice that you've got a movie that you want to watch. Well, fingers crossed it'll be good, but I mean, I've heard good things about it. It's definitely, it looks really interesting visual, sci-fi-wise. There you go. It's not a three-hour 1950s movie. 19 minutes. Which fills you full of dread. It certainly does. One sitting, one chocolate smooch, sci-fi uh, galore. Thank you very Amy, much. Amy says, if if it's not a one sitting, there's a problem. Absolutely. Definitely. It means the flat's on fire. There's some kind of health and safety reason why I can't just sit there for 90 minutes and just let my eyeballs address some cinematic gold. So, thank you so much, David. Are you up for answering some Patreon quizzes? I bloomin' are. It goes without saying. <laughs> bloomin' am. Uh, am. <laughs> thank you very much, everybody, for listening to the po- downloading and listening to the pod. And um, 
Yeah, but for now, we're going to pop over to the Patreon world and there's loads of questions waiting for you to answer. Looking forward to it. Looking, Looking forward to it. But thank you, everyone. And if you do like the pod, please subscribe and um, leave a nice comment. Please, please subscribe and some positive comments would be hugely appreciated. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Here we are in Patreon world. Listen, Welcome, to, everybody. I'm going to have to do a very, very quick wee. Really I'll do a quick, quick wee. Sorry, I'll be, I'll be one second. Don't go anywhere. I'll be one second.